0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication.
1: So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
2: Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience.
1: I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Ref Wake. And I'm Remy Morris on Riff Week. And today we're here to talk about the hardest spell to pronounce in the game. Prestidigitation. Yes. Prestidigitation. Gesundheit. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we're a bunch of dorks. But joking aside, Prestidigitation is a cantrip that it is a general purpose utility spell that has minimal uses in combat. But is this the spell that I would argue is one of the most useful in the game flat out? So what is this spell? It is a cantrip, meaning a zero level spell, a spell that takes so little magic to cast that it requires no consumable resources so any spellcaster that has picked the spell can just cast it on their turn as an action and it's available for bards sorcerers warlocks wizards and coming soon artificers now part of what Makes it so interesting is that it's a single spell that has got a list of optional uses. So I'm just going to read through them real quick and then we'll start talking about why that's so useful. This spell is a minor magical trick that novice spellcasters use for practice. You create one of the following magical effects within range. You create an instantaneous harmless sensory effect, such as a shower, of sparks, a puff of wind, faint musical notes, or an odd odor. You instantaneously light or snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. You instantaneously clean or soil an object no larger than one cubic foot. You chill, warm, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material for one hour. You make a color, a small mark, or a symbol appear on an object or a surface for one hour. You create a non-magical trinket or an illusory image that can fit in your hand and that lasts until the end of your next turn. If you cast the spell multiple times, you can have up to three of its non-instantaneous effects active at a time, and you can dismiss such an effect as an action. And this is a spell with a casting time of one action, a range of 10 feet, verbal and somatic components required for casting, a duration of one hour, and is of the transmutation school of magic. So. That was a long list of things, so none of those may sound powerful at first, and they're not. What it is is useful. All right, so long list of potential things you can do, but why does that list of things make me say that this is the most useful spell? Well, compared
2: to certain other cantrips, this one has a, despite being rather small, it has a rather wide range of use. So basically with prestidigitation, you're able to do a wide range of slightly magical things that can help you in small ways over the course of a campaign. Exactly.
1: The short, short version is that It is a quality of life spell. The abilities that it gives you access to just make life easier. It's one of those things that a magic user with Prestidigitation has a lot of mundane difficulties just removed. You don't need to do laundry anymore because you can just clean an object. So you can just clean your robes in a snap as a single action. And because of the fact that it is a verbal and somatic spell with no material component, you don't need a wand or staff or material component of any time, so you don't need anything. You just are able to cast it so you don't need to do laundry anymore. You can chill warm or flavor up to one cubic foot of material so Food. Your food is always warm. Your drink is always cold. You don't have to pay for potentially expensive spices. So, considering the fact that you can have up to three of its non instantaneous effects active at a time, you can have a cold drink and warm food and flavored. Or you can, depending on how you interpret the flavor, you can have it spiced with. I don't know, cinnamon and turmeric or cilantro. I I don't know spices, but I think you get what I mean. I can see this kind of thing being
2: quite useful if you own a store that is something similar to ice cream, where you sell um, things of different flavors and you just, it, it will basically melt within the hour. So it doesn't really matter if the flavor's gone within the hour, after that hour.
1: So actually, not quite. Because it says you chill for an hour and it is not a concentration spell. Also, it could be argued that if you have ice cream exist in your d world, it just won't start to melt until that hour has elapsed. But actually, to backtrack a sec, digitation is so much potential fun because it's creative. It is all about how creative the player can be with that list of effects, as well as what the dungeon master allows, because there is a good amount on that list that can be subject to interpretation. So there does need to be some agreement between the DM and the player. So as an example, the last thing you create a non-magical trinket. So what the hell is a trinket? (laughs) That is a word that appears in the player's handbook as a long 100 list of things, some of which are magical. So excluded because non-magical trinket or there's the dictionary definition that a trinket is just a small ornament or item of jewelry that is of little value or it's just some stupid little thing that can fit in your hand. So how you interpret Trinket could be relevant to what you can use for the spell. So an argument could be made that if you see a key for a long enough time, that that is a small object that can fit in your hand. So would a DM require an arcana check to see if you can just duplicate a key that you've seen? That is hugely powerful, potentially. Or you could use it. uh, Okay, you could just conjure a marble and use that to also cast the light cantrip and then chuck it down a hole and you can see how deep it is, see if there's anything down there and you don't need to. Pick up a random object in the dungeon or use up something that you have. It's just a conjured item that disappears at the end of your next turn. So it's safe. Not to mention, there's the potential fun side of things that you can just make an illusion that just can fit in your hand. So the can fit in your hand is also a part that can be subject to interpretation. Does that mean it must just only fit within the volume of your hand or is it just any object that you're able to hold in your hand so fit in your hand is subject to interpretation so in theory could you just conjure a dagger or a short sword even that would just disappear at your next turn in theory depending on how you interpret that maybe In which case, you can have an arcane trickster rogue that just, for flavor's sake, just has three conjured daggers. Well, wait, no. Disappear at the end of turn. Just might, you know, conjure a dagger and toss it, which is, you know, not good use of action economy, but just really cool. Or if you're in an environment where they, you know, collect your weapons at the door of some fancy party, but you can just conjure up a dagger. Well, you're the only one with weapon where no one else does. That's advantageous. Definitely can
2: see that being used to deceive and bypass certain
1: um things in different campaigns. Yeah. So you could just conjure a dagger and it disappears at the end of your next turn. So you would have it active for one turn. So you could, depending on your level, be able to just stab. Yeah, so you'd have one turn to stab. And again, this is the thing that's subject to interpretation. If your dungeon master defines can fit in your hand in such a way. On the other hand, it could be argued that there is no literal definition of how big a dagger is. So you can just have a really tiny dagger that still does 1d4 because a lot of D&D is how you interpret it. So the whole chill, warm or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material is a kind of interesting way to go about it because that doesn't say any single object just a volume which would mean you could have apprentice wizards or even wizard dropouts who just know prestidigit. got that word prestidigitation prestidigitation <laughs> prestidigitation prestidigitation got it okay uh-huh. i think i got it I'm going to stutter it at least one more time during the course of this episode. It is inevitable. Anyway, apprentices or dropouts, any any basic magic user, or even potentially a retired one, because it is a cubic foot, you could fit, I don't know ex- exact numbers, but a whole lot of stakes into one cubic foot and then have that apply to of restaurants worth of servings or you could have a soup kitchen that is able to have a one cubic foot sized cauldron of, you know, some form of nutritious gruel or something and yet actually have it be warm and flavorful and just cast that every time that you refill it. So you can have a restaurant that is just run By a magic user, or you, or the soup kitchen thing for the more what's the word civic-minded individuals. But this spell is actually the basic for a series of restaurants in my own world. That is basically that it's a way for magic users in training to get work to pay for their magical education and. The better they get at using their magic, they can make it more flavorful because they just become more experienced and earn some gold, get better at magic. And it's a way to help early magic users start out their lives. On the other hand, there's also the lazy applications of prestidigitation. It takes out a number of the chores that are required just for a basic household. So if you have a housewife or house husband that lives at home, you can just magically clean. You don't need to deal with soaps and chemicals. It is just magically clean. So you don't have to worry about stains. You don't have to worry about laundry. Cooking is made more easy because of the whole chill, warm, and flavor. However, uh, if your room's a mess and just, like, paper's all over the place, I don't think it helps with that. (laughs) No, for that, you need Mage Hand if you want to pick up things without having to get up. But prestidigitation is a very, very good basis. Not to mention with the whole non-magical trinket thing, you could... Have a have no actual house key, and just you know what the inside of the lock for your house is, so you just conjure your house key every time you get home, and you don't worry about keeping track of the key because you don't have a permanent physical key, you don't need one, which is good Boy. for the security's sake, oh. Oh,
2: I see. No, because for the longest time, I was thinking you can create a non-magical trinket or an illusory image. And then it only just dawned on me that the trinket is actually physical.
1: Yes. Yeah. You create a trinket, a non-magical trinket or an illusory image. Yeah. So you can create a small. So what's also funny, you could argue that you could anything that fit in the palm of your hand. So you could just conjure a lead ball and chuck it at someone. And by the rules, you that that's fine. Unlike Mage Hand, which says you cannot attack with this spell, Digitation doesn't say that. So you could just let Ball drop it from really high up or just chuck it at someone and then it disappears. I don't know where that came from. Fingerprints may or may not be known in the world, but it doesn't matter because it disappeared. So, yeah. One
2: One other thing that could be quite funny is if you're able to trick someone into thinking that they got like money when they did it so it's not a coin but you could be like toss them a coin grab the thing and then just walk off like nothing's wrong yeah they open it and realize it's not there
1: or instead of a coin go bigger with a gem gem that could potentially be worth a thousand twenty five thousand gold but you only have that few seconds So it's till the end of your next turn. So depending on exactly how you interpret that, it would either be 6 or 12 seconds. So conjure a gem, flick it, grab the item, and run. But 6 seconds isn't a whole lot of time to get out of there.
2: Well, there's always the other way where... You know, someone's rather scared of spiders, you make a toy spider appear in your hand or something that looks relatively real. Yeah. Toss it, they scream, all the
1: distraction, you just take that stuff and run. Absolutely true. Or with the illusory image. There's actually one more point of that that I ought to mention. So it's, you create a non-magical trinket or illusory image that can fit in your hand. It does not say that it has to be in your hand just the size limit so you can create a small object or an illusion that is hand size anywhere within that 10 foot range so imagine in an indoor setting like classic pub or so 10 feet is actually quite a bit so you can create The illusion of the guy two tables over having a card up his sleeve or actually conjure a fake card on him. And you could just start a barber hall just by he's cheating that cards, that bastard. Like there's so much you could do by just having a small object or an illusion and a small hand sized illusion. There is no limit on what that illusion could be. You could create an image of a mouse in a very fancy restaurant to get them in trouble. You could create actually a very subtle use that could be interesting. Just create an illusion of a nobleman literally just have his eyes look like he's checking out someone that is not his wife by just changing the direction his eyes appear to be looking. And I just realized something. If your character is
2: intelligent enough to make use of perspective, they might be able to trick people into thinking that there's someone far away when there isn't actually anyone there. That's a good point. That'd
1: be a really clever use. That'd be hard to do. And as a DM, I'd probably ask a deception check. But if you've got a party of magic users, you could even make it so it looks like there's another party on the horizon or just out a bit, Or you can make it look like there's guards approaching or something like that in a group, depending on how many people in the group could use Prestidigitation. It is just so much fun as a spell. It is so many just little things that are so very potentially useful for an adventure or just for people. Uh, another fun one. Because uh, you instantaneously light or snuff out a candle, torch or small campfire. So small campfire could technically be argued to be a fire that takes up a five foot space. So it's light or snuff out, which would mean you could have magical firefighters that are just digitation users that could try to fight fight back fire just one cube worth at a time. And if you just have enough magic users just using prestidigitation, you could snuff out a house fire in a relatively small period of time. But again, subject to interpretation of whether you would allow that with multiple casters in tandem or whether it would only be a small individual fire that could be snuffed. That could be
2: rather interesting because right now I'm imagining a scene where it's like, go, go, go. And then there's these couple like... They, they aren't really majors, they're actually more bulkier than that so that they can, in case of the fire um, gets out of control, they can still help the people inside and carry them out, right? But they go in, they do their hand signs and say stuff, and then the fire is pushed back and they run into the
1: fire, making a Yeah, fire it could fire. literally be you know, a dozen just weak magic users in a large city that can just surround a building and just push it back, push it back. And they just walk forward, hands glowing. It's a really cool image, potentially, of just having this large house fire just pushed back, contained, and then just... And this is just all one spell. It absolutely is one where... From the DM side of things, I love when a player will find creative uses of all of this. Unfortunately, one use that I have to mention, although personally find distasteful. So instantaneously clean or soil an object no larger than one cubic foot. It is an all too common thing for... Players to take the word soil literally and magically make it appear as if someone has soiled themselves. <sighs> I've seen that one a lot. It has happened before. I've it, seen that happen. Ha- before. Yeah. Yeah. Again, their use of the word soil immediately has many, many people's minds go to oh, I can make it look like they shit themselves. He 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 Fine. Yes, that is what it says. So combined with the fact that you can also create an odd odor. And yeah, it's real easy to embarrass people. So you can have, you know, an uppity elf noble all of a sudden smelling like shit and looking as if they shit their pants and yeah sure that can be useful that can be funny but once you've seen it a half dozen times it, it just loses some of its effect however um one thing that i just
2: realized is that imagine that's a thing they think of it as something like a whoopee cushion right mm-hmm. but if people knew about it like especially important people they would try to protect themselves against these kinds of pranks so you could have all sorts of like a market based around protecting yourself against um, illusions and stuff like that so that people aren't able to defame you
1: there should be but the problem is that's actually really hard to do so you could either have counterspell which If you see and hear someone casting, you have to cast this as a third level spell to defend against a cantrip of someone trying to embarrass you. That's a lot of magic used up to try to guard against that. And Prestidigitation as a cantrip, well, that can be cast a lot more times than a magic user can cast counter spell. Or there's the anti-magic field, which is an immensely powerful spell, 8th level, but negates all magic within a small radius around the person. But yeah, it's actually really hard to defend an individual person against magic. Uh, What is interesting, in the books, there's magical effects described that you can have a zone or area with a variation of the anti magic field where only people that have a certain object on their person are able to cast magic but nobody else does so this is used in uh drow prison in one of the adventures but i can't remember which one off the top of my head but it's a cool effect and is in a published adventure. So can be assumed to be a magical effect that is available in a world. So you could have a large nobleman gathering where only they and their guards have access to magic and nobody else does. But I'm honestly not a huge fan of magical effects that only NPCs can have. I'm of the opinion that if magic exists, it should be available. So either a I don't use that and just use the generic anti magic field where just there is no magic in the area or just create the other effect to be available to players when they get to the point of the game where they can have a stronghold of their own. And I usually lean towards the latter interpretation. Just fair use magic. So in closing, Prestidigitation is a hugely useful cantrip that is available to a lot of classes that I highly recommend picking up if it is available to you. It is a spell that is only limited by creativity of the player and the permissions of the DM. So that being said, have fun with it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Refs and Rules. Please give us five
2: stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Here's status low as a dollar. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even the shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Podcast, on Facebook, at RiffWake. And on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Also, you can send us an email at riffs and rules. And now you can send us an email, riffs and rules at gmail.com.
1: That's riffs and d at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.